<laughs> Mother of God, here it comes. We don't spend time on masterpieces, we spend time on bullshit. Welcome to Monday, where we can't remember names of shit, I can't remember the kung fu that I'm talking about. It's Should I feel bad about myself? Mm, no. My, my pen is just jizzed ink all over me. Where's the brain eating? I missed the brain eating. So this is the one that's just all about the penis chopping. Yeah, like... We've been banned by uh, exactly two things, YouTube and China. They really shouldn't have. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Movie Freaks, the only show on the net with just enough daddy issues to have a podcast, but not enough mommy issues to put on a cape and fight crime. <laughs> I'm Eric Warner. I'm Eugene Weaver, and I approve that message. <laughs> I figured that you would. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> How are we doing tonight, sir? Ah, uh, doing well for a Monday night. Yep, it's another Monday episode. We Oh, yep, that's kind of the new norm uh, for now. Yeah, well, it's summertime. The schedules uh, for work are all wonky. And once school yeah. gets back in the swing of things, then um, who the hell knows? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just play it by ear with kids and hope for the best. Yep. But I do think we're getting better at the Monday night thing. Um, what's your flavor of the night? I, I have I tried something new this week. We have McNaughton. Oh, have you, nice. Have you had that? I don't think I've had oh, that yes. in years, but it's actually pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad. How much is that a bottle? I, I'm embarrassed to say how much these these things are a bottle. <laughs> um, this I think was sixteen a handle. <laughs> okay, no, that's that's right in line with uh, mm. with. Yeah, I'm I'm drinking rich and rare, but it's reserve. It's their reserve, which makes it about a dollar more. So it's about eight bucks. <laughs> so instead of poor and common, it's poor and upper level common. Oh yes, yes, it's it's reserve, and there's I'm not sure why it's the ba the bottle might be just slightly more fancy, but there is absolutely nothing else that distinguishes this from any other cheap shit on the market. Uh, it's because so. it's a glass bottle, is it not? It is a glass bottle. There you go. There you go. Now it, I know why it's reserved. Yeah. It, it doesn't come yes. in the cheap-ass plastic handle bottle nope. bullshit that I'm buying. <laughs> oh, the amount of rich and rare. If we would line all of our rich and rare bottles up from, from when we first started dabbling in rich and rare, which I believe was you. Yes, it was. Um, it was at the apartment and when Adam moved next door, and uh, we were doing one of those a night between about four of us. And we just started stocking them because they were square. And they yeah. went across both those windowsills. I have some pictures somewhere, and it's <laughs> embarrassing. It, it, it is like, it might as well have just been a gravestone that said, Here lies livers. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And it's still going strong. The bottles are still packing up there. Oh, yikes. <laughs> uh, All right. But... Uh, anyway, yeah. Nope. Yeah. Oh, you want something more? No? <laughs> no, 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 we're good. Okay. Yeah, we've, we've, we've covered... Uh, yeah, pre-show politics and post-show jokes and, and booze, so now it's movie time. <laughs> All right. And let's move on to the roulette, where we force each other to watch movies in the hopes of finding those gems in the rough and avoiding the grenades and passing that uh, information over to you, the listener. Uh, it's your turn to go first. Uh, we have The Wave up against The Invitation. Oh, man, I forgot what you uh, picked last week. Uh, how did that turn out? Okay, so I'm first, right? Yes, your turn. Okay. Um... Invitation, directed by Karen Kusama, I believe is how you pronounce her last name. Um, I, I'm going to tell you right from the get-go, 
I started this, I'm like, oh, here we go. Just like you called it the last episode, slickly shot and... Hipster bullshit, uh, HD yep. cam. <laughs> yep, but here's the thing. I'm like, this is obviously my roulette pick. And I did do a little research on this movie, and I read uh, quite a bit of positive reviews. So I'm like, you know what? Barrel through this. This might get better. The half hour, and I'm like, mm, still not feeling it. But I'm like, keep going. And then about the midway point, point, I'm like, okay, this is starting to get kind of good. Really? And by the, yeah. And then by the end, I'm like, yeah, now, now we're talking. So it's all about the, the buildup, the slow buildup, but it's all about the buildup. And it's, it's one where I'm like, yeah, that one there, I'm going to watch again. I don't know. Now that I know everything I know about the movie and how it plays out, I'm like, yep. That's one I'll be watching again. Nice. So it, was this a, uh, a home invasion affair? Well, I'm going to be very vague here. It's about a dinner party with a bunch of guests, and uh, the hosts are acting really uh, – not really. They're acting a bit off, and they're trying to, to, sell, to sell something to everybody. And it just it, – it's – I now having seen the movie, the awkwardness that is the first half of the movie—that's the whole movie. I was annoyed at first. I'm like, ah, everybody's annoying and awkward. Because, <laughs> come on, no, it's supposed to be like that. It's not like it. It helps with how things go. Um, but it's there's the turning. I, there's a certain point in the movie where it's a big turning point to where it's like, okay, shit officially just got real in this movie. And now we're seeing really what's going on here. And I was, then I'm like, all right, I'm on board. And, uh, the end, I, I can't say too much cause I want you to watch this movie. Okay. Uh, okay. But, but the end, the little zinger, I'm like, yeah, that was sweet. That was, that was good. Cool. So, okay. Well, I'll keep it. Yeah. So did it go like, um, would it meet Steven's horror criteria? Gory, R-rated, no, no, no. nothing this like that? This is not a, this, honestly, this would not be considered a horror movie. I would consider this more a drama thriller. Okay. This is not a horror movie. Um, I, I will say another reason why I really wanted to give this movie a shot was, uh, Draft House releasing, put this out on Blu-ray Ooh. and they, yeah, exactly. And I'm like, they're kind of a bigger company. Um, they released some pretty good stuff, and I'm like, they put out the invitation. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Okay, all right. I don't know how big they are, but I, I have the utmost respect for that company because of the way they operate their theater chain. Yeah. Uh, however limited it may be, but uh, they also put out that uh, half animated one that I absolutely adored uh, that I reviewed last year. Uh, the one with Robin Wright Penn. Okay, I can, the, yes. Uh, the I Congress. Remember. The Congress. They put, yes. That was a draft house releasing. After I saw that, I was like, I cannot believe somebody had the balls to put this out. This is fantastic. Yeah. I, I love it. And, and they, they put out, uh, Miami Heat, or my, the, uh, what was the Miami movie that you, uh, I still haven't seen? Uh, You're like, dude, you have got to watch this movie. Miami something. I don't know. Miami what? It's like, my, it's an old 80s kung fu oh, type thing. Oh, that was, Really? <laughs> yeah, that was Draft House. Because it's it's one of those... What the hell was that a, called? Miami Heat? Not Miami Heat. Uh, it might be Miami Maybe? Heat. Maybe? Uh, I don't know. It was like the cheesiest of 80s uh, yeah. ninja... Th- oh, that, that movie was 
fantastic mystery science theater type fodder, but it was, it, it reminded, that was like the dorkiest Kung Fu movie that, uh, since the, um, the, the Mark De, De, Damasco, the, how do you pronounce his name? Damascus one where he's doing the, Welcome to Monday, where we can't remember names of shit. I yeah, can't remember the kung know, fu yeah. that I'm talking about. It's like, <laughs> they're they're doing the dancey kung fu from Jamaica, where they're like, "Bon no no way, bon no no way, no no no," and they would dance around um, and, and kick each other all squirrely. It's one of the funniest kung fu movies ever made. I've watched it a thousand times. Um, like recently, or this is an '80s? Oh no, like, it's an '80s, uh, total '80s thing. I'll look it up. Anyway, okay. In the meantime, it, it's it's very well known for being such a stupid. Uh, freaking movie, but it's so damn funny. And that, that Miami yeah. Heat or whatever the hell movie fell right in line with that one. Yeah. Anyway. So we've delved into, yeah, from the invitation all the way down to Miami Heat and, uh, this <laughs> unknown kung fu, uh, uh, this this uh, this is the way the wheels just fall off of this. I, I, I was thinking of that movie because I've been, been watching, uh, you know, okay, what's his name? Mark, uh, DeCascos. He uh, was the badass martial arts guy in Brotherhood of the Wolf. Mm. Um, mm. Looking at his film, uh, you would totally know him if you saw him. And but lately, I've been watching him in uh, season three of Agents of Shield. Which, holy shit, am I back on board that show? Wow! Because the second season was downhill, yeah, and now I'm yeah. season three popped up, and I was like, I heard it gets better, so I should start watching. It is. Awesome. That's all I've been watching lately. Damn it. What is the name of that friggin' movie? I gotta go back. See, it's one of those guys that's in every movie, so he's got a million. Was it Only the Strong? I think it was Only the Strong. I haven't seen it. Oh, man. That that is a classic of shit cinema. (laughs) (sighs) Whimsical roller coaster ride of Kung Fuery, huh? Yep. He was. He was Eric Draven in the Crow TV show. Oh, wow. But Brotherhood of the Wolf is what you'd know him from. He was the kind of sidekick character who didn't say much, the Indian guy. Oh, yeah, the long hair. Yep. Yep. Okay, anyway. So Invitation gets a thumbs up. Not, It's not a co- complete gem in the rough, but I am looking forward to watching that movie again, knowing now what I know. Um, and looking past the uncomfortable, like, the awkwardness that feels kind of forced... I think that I would I would view the movie in a different light on a second viewing. So, well, honestly, knowing that it's a draft house film, that makes me want to bump it up and watch it again or watch yeah. it for the first time. Since I know, <clears throat> Happy Monday! Yay! Once again, <laughs> okay, uh, my turn. And the wave. The wave is a Norwegian geo uh, film. Yes, a Norwegian geologist has just ten minutes to save as many people as possible when a tsunami strikes a fjord community. <laughs> And I say that wrongly on purpose because it is really remarkable how, um, okay, being a cinephile, granted, I should have watched it with subs, but I'm also, it's a roulette, so I'm sorry, I tend to go dubbed because I'm generally doing other stuff in the background because it's a roulette. How much time, what am I going to focus on this, spend that much time on it? Yeah. Why is it that Norwegian films cannot be dubbed by good voice actors? Maybe they're good voice actors and just the language is so kind of, uh, how do I put it? Um, so different from English that it's very hard to make it match up in any reasonable manner. 
That that might be the case. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like you've oh, seen this? Oh, I where do. Just, yes, I haven't seen that movie, but I know what you're talking about. I go to walk over to check on the meter, and it's like, um, oh, that was horrible. Like <laughs> it wasn't anywhere close. Uh, the acting seemed fine. It was just the voice acting throws you off. But I, I'm not going to hold that against this movie. Uh, yeah. Overall, I'd give this movie a passing thumbs up. I would say it's worth a watch just because I haven't seen anything quite like it. I would not give it a gem status at all. Um, the acting was all fine. I really enjoyed the acting of the main guy. It falls into uh, several trope potholes that most disaster movies do where that are very irritating. I don't know why this has to be in every disaster movie, but... Uh, one guy who's a specialist in this field and he says, hey, guys, uh, alarm bells are ringing about this thing. I have a theory and maybe we should check into this. And all of the other crew whose job is to pay attention to this alarm situation go, sit down, be quiet. Eh, you're overreacting. Why should we look into that? I don't want to do that. That's... It's like they're just, they got to drag out that first half hour because once the destruction hits, then it... I don't know why they do that, but it's it's... They do that in every disaster movie. I don't care yeah, if they it's do. a $200 billion Roland Emmerich movie or it's this tiny little Norwegian film. They do that and it's irritating. Yeah. But at any rate, once the, uh, once the shit hits the fan and that 10 minute counter starts, that's pretty badass. Um, there's some more problems they run into with potentially stupid people where you're like, why? is everybody running for this emergency exit and now everybody's just stopped and waiting in line. Wouldn't you keep running? No, they're all standing there waiting in line, watching the giant wall of death come out them at any rate. Uh, Does a a dog leap uh, just out of harm's way in the last split (laughs) second or no? Uh, No, no, thank God. Ah. (laughs) Uh, But all of that stuff was all very forgivable. It was just fine taking the ride it was very interesting i definitely recommend you watch it because it's something that i've never quite seen this is kind of like the most realistic disaster film i've ever seen i have never any uh, seen anything quite like this and that's why oh, i recommend okay. that you give it a shot it's pretty sweet um there is some shit in the third act that could have i could have easily done without and i don't want to say what because it's not necessarily spoilery, but I don't want to pre-judge you, like, put it in your head. So, yeah. Like, if you watch it and it doesn't bother you, fine. But it's just, it's, yeah. it's a little nitpicky where I'm like, you didn't really need to do that. That didn't add anything. Uh, so this does not feel like a sci-fi movie of the week. This is a bit more than that. I would definitely say it's more than that. I, it has some of that feel, except it's it's better acted and the special effects are way better. And it's it's just generally more interesting because of the unique nature of this kind of disaster. It's basically a, a small town that lives at the end of, the, of a valley that, that a river leads up to, a massive river. So if there's any rock slides that come down, it creates a tsunami, and that runs straight down this valley towards this town and basically wipes it off the face of the earth. And, you know, my instant thought is, why do you live there? This has happened before. Yeah. Get, go away. Don't don't live there or live up on yeah. the hill or something. I but uh, then you wouldn't have a movie. Yeah. So anyway, it's, okay. it's definitely worth checking out. Keep it in the queue, but uh, d- don't get too carried away. I I think I maybe gave it three out of five. Um, okay. But uh, well, again, it, kudos it, for being something that I've never really seen in cinema before. 
Yeah. It sounds like we both, we both were not, uh, we weren't disappointed in the movies and we were both got mild thumbs up. Yep. I would say so. And, and for roulette, that's a good thing. Yep. Okay. Sell me on the next round of movies. Okay. Up first is The Fear of Thirteen. Death Row convict Nick is a puzzle. Who is this man? What did he do? What didn't he do? How do you fit the pieces together? Uh, this is TVMA, so this is obviously a TV movie, uh, but I believe that this is a documentary on a guy that may or may not have been wrongfully convicted. Uh, sounds interesting. I like the title. So there's that. Uh, next up is They're Watching, and that one is one that, of course, appeals to moi. Uh, horror movie, uh, 2016, superstitious locals still believe in witches. A camera crew laughs them off. They really shouldn't have. <laughs> okay, so there's that. Um, and then last, we've got, uh, this is probably the biggest, meh, uh, Night Owls from 2015. They met at a banquet and hit it off, returning home for a one-night stand. But this isn't going where he thinks it is. And I think that there's something about a suicide pact type of thing going on here. Um, this could easily be a, uh, a deal where it's like all of three actors in the movie. It just, it has that feel of low, you know, one of those movies, but you never know. I, uh, when, am I supposed to pick now? I can't remember. Do I pick now? No. Or... What? what? No. No. Throw me, throw me your okay. stuff. I'll throw you. Okay. <laughs> uh, standoff. Uh, 2015, Thomas Jane, Lawrence Fishburne. After witnessing an assassin's slaughter, a young girl holds up in a farmhouse with a suicidal vet who must use wits and guts to fend off the killer. 86 minutes. Looks like a harmless sort of action movie with, uh, whatever. Uh, documentary, Aim High and Creation. This looks fantastic. The uh, trailer, anyway. Inspired to combat a new gas mine in her, uh, native Australia, a movie director travels to North Korea to learn the secrets of effective propaganda. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and lastly, return to the 36th chamber. This is the sequel to the uh, 36th chamber of Shaolin. Of Shaolin, yep. When thugs prey upon innocent fact. Yeah, you don't need the synopsis. It's a, yeah, it's, it's thirty Kung Fu. Yeah, yep. yep. <laughs> uh, you get to pick first. Okay, so uh, for me, th that's a good assortment of movies there. I, all three I, of them. I seriously I, tried to find you a horror movie. They haven't added anything, and everything I was know. suspect. It was like, I wouldn't yeah. watch that myself, so I'm not going to throw it at you. Yeah, no, all three of those sound good, and that aim high in creation, I, I'm so interested in that, but I need to take a little break from from uh, documentaries, so that one got chopped first, second is I 36th Chamber of, of Shaolin is one of my all-time favorite Kung Fu movies. I thought I had seen this one, but I have not seen it. But Thomas Jane and Lawrence Fishburne and pretty solid reviews for that movie. Uh, pretty much across the board, that one gets pretty solid reviews. I'm in the mood for something like that. We're going to go with uh, Standoff. Okay. I watched the trailer for so, it. It was not bad. wasn't great, yeah. but it was not bad. Yeah. So... We shall see. But 86 minutes, I can't, it's not going to be sci-fi original. And I keep bringing up sci-fi original, but it's, it's, that's kind of a, a go-to. I think it's going to be better than that. We shall see. Oh, for fuck's sake. No. My, <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, fucking great. My, my pen is just jizzed ink all over me. 
Covered in black. Oh my god. And now it's just pissing out of this pen. What is happening? God. It's a total oh my god. Damn it, I really like this yeah. pen. Oh, sorry. Fuck off. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I got black all over me. And this is the part where at this point now that the pen is is yeah, coming all over you, shouldn't the uh the uh uh, locust sprayers or whatever <laughs> drives past your house every. <laughs> I mean, it, it is literally out. like blotting out my notes. It's that much ink that just sprayed all over the place. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off me, you asshole! Oh yeah, there it is. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> look at yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. That's uh... Uh, over on my side. Um, I threw. Did I throw night owls at you? I believe I might have. If not, it was one I was tempted to. It was one that was in my queue. They're watching. Okay. I threw at you either last week or the week before as a horror comedy. That's a Eugene kind of tester thing. Yeah. And The Fear of 13 I had not even heard of. So I was like, I'm just going to go watch the trailers for all of these movies to kind of vet them out a little bit. Yeah. Fear of 13 looks like a fantastic documentary. I added it to my queue right away, but it kind of looks a little too good for this week. I'm feeling a little bit of punishment coming my way, and I'm okay with that. Um, okay. Night Owls looked synopsis wise, uh, very intriguing to me as maybe a little bit of a romantic kind of dark comedy thing. I watched the trailer and immediately deleted it from my queue and you can go ahead and do that as well. Okay. Doing it right now. Uh, bye bye. Or you can at least watch the trailer, but it is sold as a romantic comedy from top to bottom and it looks not like me at all. Uh, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm, easily taking their watching this week. Oh, okay. While I threw this one at you like, this is the longest shot of all. Yeah, I went and watched the trailer. Oh, does it? Oh, shit. Does this look funny? Oh, 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 really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's me right there. I definitely want to take this one. Nice. All right. Well, we'll... Okay. I, I do... I gotta say, I got... Once I read up on Standoff, I'm like, okay, I think that this one's gonna be... I don't know if it's gonna be Gem, but... I like that I'm kind of on a little bit of a roll here. I liked uh, the initiation or invitation, whatever the hell it was called. So I'm hoping for another another minor enjoyable movie. <laughs> That's the best we can hope for. Yep. Okay, so stay tuned to uh, next episode where we'll be standoff and they're watching. Um, okay, let's move on to the rabbit trail where, uh, I, I have been, uh, hogging it the last few episodes. So I wanted to kick it over to you because every time that, um, <laughs> I'm done hogging it, it's like, Hey, do you got anything? And you're like, well, this is a full segment and you've kind of talked for 20 minutes straight about some <laughs> bullshit. So, <laughs> uh, I wanted you, yeah. I wanted to open it up to you to let you, uh, maybe check one of those off your list and okay. at least steer the direction, sir. Take it. Okay. Through. So I, uh, I'm not sure if I teased this the last time. I think I did uh, in uh, Late Night Drunken Stupor on our last episode. Did I talk about Dr. Butcher, MD? I I want to say that was on your show. I I could be okay. I could totally be wrong, though. I don't know. Okay. Like the rest well, of the world, I don't listen to this show. <laughs> <laughs> but in, uh, so Severin put out the uh, newly remastered uh, version of Dr. Butcher, MD, and... 
this is going to get a little soft underbelly-ish here, but there's a little bit of history with this movie, and I love the history of this movie because it taps in directly into 42nd Street, a.k.a. The Deuce, in New York City, which is, like, if I could pick an era to, like, hop in my DeLorean and go back to experience for one day without maybe getting murdered, it would be a night on 42nd Street. And this movie encapsulates everything about 42nd Street. Now, I'm not going to get into the movie, like the actual movie, but what it means to that time and also other countries and how it, how, you know, what was going on back then. And it's going to lead into whatever, <laughs> us blabbing. Well, no, no, okay, no, so, no, I, I, I don't want to totally derail you here, but to uh, completely derail you here, um, <laughs> I have a time machine. And I tell you, you can go back to the deuce and watch whatever movie that you want. But, um, what would the odds have to be? I can't guarantee your safety. As you said, you want to go back and maybe not possibly be murdered. What if I said you can go back, but the odds of you being murdered is 60-40 that you won't. (laughs) 60-40, that's better than than 50-50 that you won't, but there's still 40 that you will but, if I would be guaranteed, okay. But, uh, wait, but it's uh, pieces weekend. Oh, well, okay. If it would be pieces, if I would be able to watch pieces and Doctor Butcher MD, and then hop over to the to the. Oh wait, wait, wait! Skin- if it's a double header of that and that, then suddenly it's sixty five thirty five. Or or and, worse, and then so and, <laughs> and then when the, that double feature is done, I could hop over to the theater next door to watch a skin flick. I would probably say go for it. Yeah. I, <laughs> uh, now here's the thing: if I could sit in the back row so that no one could sneak up behind me and slash and slash my throat, that's an added bonus that I would that would probably get me to do that to take you up on that. Sure, but you walk <laughs> as you walk up to the theater. You've taken the trip. You've time traveled. You're walking up to it like this is going to be amazing, and I'll probably be okay. And I've got a pocket knife, so even maybe I can defend myself. Right out in front on the sidewalk is Angela from Sleepaway Camp handing out tickets or flyers like, <laughs> come on in and watch my double header, please. Boy, I would probably do it. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Yes. That aside, so, carry on. Anyway, so Dr. Butcher MD, you have the big box VHS uh, of this that I, that I gave you and Severin just released the Blu-ray of this. And this movie is actually known as Zombie Holocaust from from Italy. And what these studios, mainly, I think, Aquarius releasing in, in New York City, I believe that was a company, yeah. what they would do is they would go and buy these Italian movies and bring them over and redub them or re-edit them, new score, whatever, and change the titles for more Americanized for a more Americanized viewing experience, whatever. And Dr. Butcher is one of the biggies, if not almost the biggest one, right along there with Make Them Die Slowly, known as Cannibal Ferox in Italy. Um, but it just got me thinking about this time in history when, like, the deuce was, this was what, like, this was the attraction in New York City, it seemed, is this area where it was just theater after theater after theater. And I'm seeing pictures of these theaters just lined up. And I was in New York City. I was in Times Square. And I I was at, like, Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. That was one of these old theaters that showed all of this old stuff. And, you know, and so anyway, uh, where I'm kind of going with this is I don't think we're ever going to see a resurgence of anything like that. But 
Is there ever a time you think that there we could see some sort of a another country kind of trying to redefine cinema and kind of taking over? I don't want to say taking over, but just like I don't know. Just if sometimes an explosion of art in a a way that changes the way that cinema is thought of today, something like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I guess. I think that not only is it very possible, I think that it's uh, kind of happening right now a little bit in China. China is becoming the biggest market for, not the biggest, but it's the biggest international market, and more and more Hollywood is pandering to um, uh, that crowd or that audience as far as, let's, hey, one scene of our Bond movie, he goes to China. Suddenly the Chinese are more involved, and furthermore on that front, something that um, a little bit has me concerned, or I don't know if I even saw this in a movie or, or what, but... If a, think about what would happen if if there was a terrorist attack in Hollywood or in L.A., the the movie industry would change drastically as far as uh, that would not be the central hub of cinema anymore, and it would be moved Ooh, yeah. to wherever or in England at Pine Street Studios. That's one of the biggest uh, studio markets in the in the world. Yeah, that could uh, not don't don't attack that, please, but. Uh, you know, any sort of devastation or, or LA falls into the ocean from an earthquake. <laughs> yeah. Um, whatever that, that would drastically change it. But I, I do think that it, in general, it's becoming more of a world market because of, uh, Hollywood wanting to pander to these other markets. And I think that that's in the end kind of a good thing because it's going to force Americans to be more, um, what would be the word there? <laughs> worldly or have a bigger yeah. world perspective to other tones of film. Yeah. Cause that, this is great. This is very, very true because it used to not be like this. It used to be that Hollywood was the biggest and main game in town across the world. Yep. And, and, and before then though, like th- there was a time where, and maybe this is more so in the Italian horror realm, but Italians, that was where the, kick-ass horror stuff was coming from was I was Italy and then it once it almost seemed like once 42nd Street dried up so did the Italian cinema it just mid 80s to late 80s it just dried up but boy in the late 60s and through the 70s and early 80s it was like heyday yeah uh for so anyway I just I thought it was so cool to to you know I'm, I'm watching some of the special features on this on this Dr. Butcher Blu-ray and it is the most fascinating stuff listening to them talk about what New York City was like. And it I immediately I think of Martin Scorsese and, and how he used to shoot movies in New York City and how it felt. And I'm like, I'm watching this old archival footage and I'm like, this just looks seedy. And like every other shop is something just shady. And there's theater, like, and I, I'm like, I would be in my glory. Just a <laughs> rows of theaters playing the most crazy sound and t- kung fu movies. It's like, no, I love fu, that you're fu. like, this would be the most seedy, shady thing ever. It's me. It's triple X, triple X, triple X, triple X, kung fu. There's mm. Eugene. Kung, <laughs> yes, yeah, kung fu. Make them dice a little, and then a couple more porn shots. Yeah, it's it's like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so anyway, I just, and, but you are absolutely right. How it. We do seem to be pandering more towards the world market, and I like that. I think that that's great. That it's not just the American box office that rules now. It's like what what's China doing? What's what's it going to do in Europe and and Mexico and Russia and all the other countries? Like what? 
I like that, that it's broadening our horizons. I agree, and I wish there wouldn't be so much emphasis on the domestic box office that we have. Uh, oh, it's so, it's so ridiculous. It, it is, and it, I mean, you go look at some of the biggest uh, bombs uh, around, like um, John Carter of Mars. That cost 250 plus its marketing, so maybe $400 million to make. Widely renowned as a, renowned as a, one of the bigger bombs that Disney has ever had, right? I mean, unfortunately, it came out the same year as uh, Avengers, so they evened out. But if you go look at the international numbers, that thing did about, I can't, just off the top of my head, I want to say it did like 45 domestic. So yeah. everybody's like, holy shit, massive bomb. But then you go see, well, it also did like 250 international. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, it, John Carter will be fine. They're all right. Yeah. Oh, and, and even, even the latest, uh, Warcraft. I've been hearing that Warcraft did phenomenal over in China. So, and that's cool. I haven't seen the movie, but yeah. it broke records so it's, it's, over there, but they have a unlicensed, it's, it's not legal, uh, Warcraft theme park. Cause that's how big Warcraft is over there. And they don't, oh, wow. they don't honor the same, uh, licenses internationally. They don't give a shit. So they're like, oh, yeah. they could, they could literally just build a Disney theme park and be like, here's Disney. Well, eh, whatever. <laughs> Cause that's basically what they did with this Warcraft. Seriously, Google it tomorrow. Just. I didn't know that. No, go Google China Warcraft theme park. They have an entire theme park. And there, there's always stories of people getting hurt in there, uh, falling off rides and whatever. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they don't have the same safety standards. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, but at the same uh, time, I'm like, ah, who gives a shit? They're, they're yeah. farming money over there. Who cares? And we apologize to all of our listeners from China right now. We're not trying to bash you guys. We, hey, oh, you know. who's bashing? Do whatever you want, but yeah. Yeah. they can't listen to us anyway because their government uh, blocks uh, this. Yeah. We, we've been banned by uh, exactly two things, YouTube and China. <laughs> Oh, but now, would you like to go back to to see what uh, New York City would have been like back in like 1980? Oh, absolutely! That would have been uh, that'd been amazing. Uh, there's there's lots of times and places like that that I would love to go visit cinematically. But for me, it's less about uh, the theater experience or or a certain uh, theater thing like what you're describing. More like if I had that time machine and, and the potential, I would want to go uh, just kind of be an extra watching Goodfellas being filmed. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, or or yeah. go watch Casablanca being filmed. Like, that would just be amazing. Just I, I just want to be the guy standing in the corner. It, not even on yeah. film or anything. I'll, I'll hold a boom mic. I don't give a shit. Just yeah. watching yeah, just... Rick deliver them lines. That would Oh, that would be amazing. So would that be like your number one movie that you would have liked to be on the set for as Goodfellas, or was that just a random? No, it was just a random pull. I don't know. Uh, okay, I don't know. Because <laughs> yeah. that would be another good rabbit trail at some point. Is what movie would you love to have been like just the be- quote unquote best boy on? Yeah, I, I will make a note of that when I'm editing. We will discuss that in a future rabbit trail. Yeah, and unfortunately so. for me, I'm an animation hound, so I'm like, yes, Mamoru Oshii, draw that panel. Yes, draw it. Draw that pen. Yeah. <laughs> Draw the shit out of that. Yeah, yeah, that was a good boob. Good job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice gun draw. Next frame. Hey, Hurry. Saying? No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyway, so there's my little, I don't know. I, I think that's so fascinating to me how things have changed so much and, and well, how Disney pretty much bought New York City, uh, Times Square and turned it into 
the tourist trap that it is now versus the drug-infested, how dare they? Come on! Well, that, I mean, <laughs> Disney buying it was part of it, but if you watch the... Uh, damn it, what was it? I watched this documentary about this uh, soft-core uh, porn guy, uh, his life and history or whatever. I, I know we talked about it on the show. I can't remember what it was called now. Um, and he talked about that era and that generation of, of the deuce and when they, he was yeah. showing all his films there, how easy it was to produce them and blah, 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 blah. Um, but, and yeah, Disney bought out that, that area and, and they really changed that. But the real sign of those times was more about, um, the, uh, the presidency. I mean, when suddenly it's a Republican in, then it, it, things get more conservative and they get buckled down on the MPAA and they want to reel yeah. things in. And they also try and eliminate these kinds of quote unquote problems of, uh, pornography and homelessness and yada yada. Yeah. And get rid of it. And when did uh, that all change with the deuce? Giuliani, I believe. Oh, I think it was before him. Well, the, well, okay, but I'm not uh, you're t- uh, not local level. I'm talking what year? Oh, what year? What year? Um, well, I mean, Ronald Reagan would have been in an office. Hey, in there we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's, a, so, it's a general yeah. wave of things. It was the same when. Uh, with our our lifetimes, uh, another comparison would be when Bush came in. Then suddenly the MPAA is is really cracking down on shit again. Man, yep, that's the way it is. Anyway, I don't want to get too political, but this is the way the pendulum swings from time to time. Yeah, it it's is, just, and, and it just I I I would love to have been a part of. I actually, I, let me rephrase that. I wish that that would still be going on to where there would be just rows of theaters playing any crappy trauma movie being, uh, released or what other, whatever else it, I, I, I know the landscape has changed so much and everything's now digital, so it doesn't have that same feel, but I just, my, everything in my being wishes that I could go back to that era just for a little bit, just to experience like, the old film reels and the, all of that stuff. And I've seen so many movies with, you know, set in that time that it's like, ah, oh, that looks so cool. Even, I mean, even back to an American world in London towards the end when, when he goes into the, uh, the, the yeah. porn house over in London. Yeah. And it's like, it wasn't just in the United States. It was across the pond too, where there's seedy places that, uh, that, uh, the undead are hanging out watching, you know, <laughs> stag flicks. <Yep>. So. <laughs> what a rabbit trail. Wow. That was good. And we got plenty of time because we started early tonight, but I think we should move into Recently Watched because I, not only we, we have a lot to talk about in this uh, segment, but I have a couple of review requests for you, sir. Okay. Uh, but uh, you can kick it off with whatever you like. You have the first pole position. Okay. Um, going through my list here. Uh, let's see here. So, so Sunday morning, um, uh, I started my Sunday morning off at like 6 a.m. watching an Italian 1974 exorcist ripoff called The Devil Within Her. And I ended Sunday with uh, an Italian gore fest called Cannibal Ferox from 1982. So really, the question I guess is, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, <laughs> like I actually turned off Cannibal Ferox thinking, really, Eugene? Ah, should I feel bad about myself? Mm, ye- no. Yeah. Okay. So, 
you have what is uh, commonly referred to, commonly around here referred to as uh, Catholic guilt, except times ten, it's Amish guilt. Yes, yes. <laughs> Every time I hear somebody talk about Catholic guilt, I'm like, you don't even understand Catholic guilt. Oh, that's, yeah. that's, that's light compared yeah. to Amish guilt. Yeah. <laughs> Amish guilt. And there's the title of our show, yeah. Amish guilt. <laughs> Hold on, let me just make a note here. Amish <laughs> Somehow I misspelled that and I came out as Amish quilt. That's great. As the pen ejaculates <laughs> all over your, yeah. <laughs> no, I threw that pen away. Yeah. So, okay, well, we'll I'll get devil within her, also known as beyond it, the door. It came on um, me and I tossed him away. Yes. <laughs> oh, this show. There's a lot of pornography going on tonight. Yeah. Uh, so the devil within her, also known as beyond the door. Uh, so my official review is meh. I was hoping for something so much better than this. Uh, and this is, this is one thing to where, uh, this is the fully, uh, uncut version, hour and 50 minutes, which that should have given me pause right there. Cause, uh, grindhousey Italian movie that's an hour and 50 minutes. Yeah, yeah that's a bit long. Uh, and it was, it was, it was a slog to get through. And this is, this is borderline plagiarism on The Exorcist here. Like, it is, like, the kid, there's two kids in this movie, and they're both, they are both drinking pea soup out of a Campbell's can throughout the whole movie. It's like, I'm like, oh, okay, so waka waka, there's your pea soup, whatever, from, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, but is this one well, of those reviews yeah, where you're going to dog it for, like, ten minutes and then say four stars out of five? No, no, okay. no, 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 I, I gave it one and a half. Oh, okay, no, good. no, no. So, it, no, it was... Overlong, dull, and once it finally gets to, there really isn't an exorcism scene, but they, they tried to do something like that in the end. It's some woman is pregnant with a, a offspring of Satan, maybe. What, but, what year uh, was this? 74. This is like two years after Exorcist. Okay. And, uh, a, a, a cult guy gets a second chance to go back and maybe make things right. Uh, something with the kid is his maybe and she gets possessed somehow and then uh, he still ah, he still dies it sucked <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to spoil the end the, the ending and this, this woman also has two kids uh, obnoxious horrible little brats and in the very end the little boy he his eyes shine green for some reason I'm like okay that's the thing <laughs> Okay, so that, it was awful. Okay, and that's how I rung in my Sunday morning. Um, <laughs> the devil with. I'll get the can. I'll get the cannibal Ferox later. Oh no, go for it right now. Do a double little double. Oh, really? Yeah, do a little double header because I'm going to do a a bit of a double header leading us into a bigger discussion of mainstream shit. So okay, okay. Well, let's yeah, we'll get this grindhousey stuff out of the way. Have, I'm sure we've talked about cannibal Ferox on. I know we have because it's been on my. It, this is on my top 100, uh, and. Watching it again last night, it stays firmly put on my top 100. I love this movie uh, from 1981, directed by Umberto Lenzi. It is, uh, it again, it's a, from a time uh, long past. You will never see a movie like this again. There will never be a movie like this made again. There can't be. Uh, and I'm not talking about the subject matter, but the fact that real animals are, are butchered in this thing. It's old school film stock and they go to the Amazon and they, you can tell 
everybody is miserable in this movie. And I love that, that they went for it. And it gets, this is one of those movies that it gets five stars out of five for me. I'll never forget the first time I watched it on big box VHS when it was known as make them die slowly. I thought the cover was too good to, re- to be true. It lives up to the awesome cover in spades. This movie does. Uh, Giovanni Lombardo Radis is the main villain in it. He's the white guy that snorks cocaine and, uh, gets all of our cannibal friends over in the Amazon really upset with us. Uh, greasy Americans slash Italians. And, uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, I always get, uh, cannibal Holocaust and cannibal fair mixed up because I haven't finished either. I believe, um, is this the one with the abortion? No, that would be Cannibal Holocaust. That's the more that's the one I will uh, never watch. Serious toned one. Yeah, that's the more. So this is the one that's just all about the penis chopping. Yes, this is penis chopping, and and this one here feels way more grindhousey, where you kick back beers and watch it, and like, oh, this is crazy. Whereas Cannibal Holocaust is a genuinely, truly disturbing movie. This one here, yeah, it's gross, but it's very fake. But it's just so much. It's so great. I just. If you want to know uh, what what oh, is ticking in Eugene's here it comes. Yeah, if, if you want to know what's ticking, <laughs> if you want go, to know what's ticking in my brain, just just uh, buy Grindhouse releasings, Cannibal Ferox, pop it in, and yeah. watch pigs getting slaughtered. It's like and, when, when we go to the cinema, mm, we're like, make me forget my troubles. And when Eugene goes to the cinema, it's like, I want to think mm, about a guy just sawing a dull blade across his <laughs> cock. <laughs> Yep, and hooks through boobs, and yep. Is this the one with the spikes up the ass, too? Yes. <laughs> but, but watching this movie, I, I, I can't help but think, like, what it went, like, what went into making this movie? Cause it was obviously not a huge budget movie by, a, by any stretch, but it's one of those where you're watching, you're like, I could see someone maybe, possibly have been killed making this movie because they're truly out there in the Amazon and like everybody looks literally legitimately like they are actually a tribesman cannibal, whatever living in the sticks, eating people. Uh, I love this movie. I, I adore this movie (laughs) and, uh, Yep, that's my grindhousey, sticky, oozy, Eugene's cummy grindhouse mess. minute. Yep. Or, uh, yeah. ten. <laughs> I'm done. No, no. I feel stupid now. No, no, no you're good. Just, you're good. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remain quiet because I interrupt too much. So, uh, you know, oh. jump in when I can. But <laughs> yeah. I, I really wish that you would give this one a watch. But uh, I, if it's I, not, these are... if it's not the the abortion one, I'll give it a watch. No, it's okay, not because that one crossed a fucking line, like a hardcore yeah. line. Before I even had kids, I watched that scene of Holocaust, I was done. I was... It was awful. And I, every time I watch that movie, and I watch it probably once a year, Cannibal Holocaust and Ferox, uh, I, every time I watch Holocaust, I'm like, that. that is one of the many reasons why this is still like one of the granddaddies of all extreme horror. It, it still holds up, and it almost gets worse with age, because you get that early 80s feel like, it's like, oh, I shouldn't be watching this. This is so... Ugly and gross and low budget and just disgusting. Yeah. Uh, and what's cool is that, that Cannibal Ferox was Umberto Lenzi's answer to Rogero Diodato's Cannibal Holocaust, which came before it. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to one up you by making Ferox. This is yeah. the tr- truth here. And so he did this, but 
he almost went too far to where it's, it's kind of it's a lot more cheesy than Holocaust was, but that's what makes it so good mm. is that it has a little bit more of that playfulness, a little more playful. Play, yeah, yeah. I, it, so anyway, uh, sometime you're going to borrow my Grindhouse releasing Blu-ray. And uninterrupted, you're going to watch this. I'm going to force you to because you... Dude, I'm game. As long as it's not... And I was fine no. with stuff in the Holocaust until that abortion thing. I was done. The, the yeah. second that foot came down, I, I, I still oh, can't... I can't... I cannot get that image out of my head. And that's why I've never watched, like, Serbian film. I've heard about it. Yeah. I'm good. I, even before I had kids, it was like nothing with little baby and infant. Fuck off, yeah. man. I, I don't need to yeah. see that shit. That's not entertainment. Yeah. Anyway. As long as you can handle real life animal death, which it, these were kind of an answer to the Mondo movies of the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and seriously, they were. I didn't even like Faces of I've Death. Seen these some were of those, kind of like. Yeah. Yeah, these were kind of the, the next step. Is like, well, we're, this is an actual movie. We're still gonna kill things, but yeah. So this is. Oh no, you're fine. Nice let's piece. let's move on to. Uh, Please do yes, because I'm gonna keep. Yeah, I'm gonna keep incriminating myself by no, saying I love no, these movies. No, you're fine. You're fine. We're gonna we're gonna move <laughs> o- over into. Uh, it's so typical, you and me. You watch that shit. I watch this shit. We're gonna we're, <laughs> we're gonna move on from Cannibal Ferox to uh, a movie where they literally slaughter ten thousand people and I'm going to somehow justify that as being less horrible than what you are just talking about. And that's uh, <laughs> Zack Snyder's Man of Steel. I rewatched this movie. This was, I think, my fourth viewing. And I know a lot of people are already groaning. Here we go again. Yes, we're going to talk about Man of Steel and BVS. Batman v Superman. Buckle in, everybody, because we finally got around to watching the ultimate cut. So uh, just if you hate these movies... Fuck off. I don't know what to tell you. It's too bad, because we're going to talk about them, and I think we're going to kind of put them to bed a a little bit, at least for the time being, but we have to talk about them. Uh, Man of Steel, revisiting this one, I I gotta say, it it still affects me. I, I, after watching BVS, um, uh, Man of Steel affects me a little bit differently. I, I, feel the biggest question mark in that film was Pa Kent. Um, and yeah. you know what? Damn, was he ever proven right? Or did they ever double down on the theories that uh, he was telling his kid of why he needs to stay hidden? And you know what? The more I think about it, look at our political climate right now. Absolutely, he was right, 100%. Um, this is how the world would react to an alien, a super powerful alien being on... Uh, this is absolutely it with BBS. Um, So in Man of Steel, Paul Kent was right. The only thing that is wrong with Man of Steel, the entire film, in my opinion, is a lifelong farmer from Kansas risking his life to save a dog. That would never happen. That wouldn't happen in Ohio, where farming is half as prevalent as it is in Kansas. Uh, but yep, it agreed. did happen in that movie and whatever, uh, that, yeah. that you just got to kind of overlook it, but everything else that Paul Kent said, I mean, granted they made a, I mean, they're, they're writing these scripts, so they might play into it to make him right. But at the end of the day, I really felt like in BVS that that's how the world would react to an alien, especially one that's super powerful. Uh, but I, you know, I like to focus on the positive points of movies um, as much as we can, I, I don't ever want to be that podcast where it's like, Hey, let's shit on every movie that comes out because that, it, it, 
there's, uh, no. there's a million yeah. podcasts out there that do it. I, I feel like we really try to only reserve that for movies that really are trying to, uh, cash in or some, on, on some bullshit theme or, you know, whatever. Um, I'm babbling now, but, uh, I feel like with Man of Steel, there are more than enough positives to make it a worthy thumbs up, positive, strong movie. That, that scene, there are several scenes in that movie that can bring me to te- uh, near tears, but that scene where he's like, uh, what, should I have just let the school bus drown? And he says, maybe. And you're, and he says, one day you're gonna have to make a choice, son, whether to present yourself before the world or to remain in hiding. And the little boy says, can I just keep pretending to be your son? Ooh, and, that's and so good. The amazing actor, Kevin Costner, says, you'll always be my son like i'm 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 dying i'm choking up i'm crying at that shit that's amazing but that's some that's a parent thing a parent of yeah that's a parent of little boys thing (laughs) yeah even seriously even the beginning of man of steel that first 10 minutes is is the a father and mother and father's love of their child it is and i i was led to the first time i saw that movie i'm like oh my lord i'm like i'm getting all teared up here like this is some heavy parent, you know, parental stuff going on here in this opening act I, that I was not prepared for. Heavy father-son relationship shit going yeah. on in this movie. And maybe it's just because we have enough daddy issues for a podcast, but it affects us. That's, and then, uh, hey, yeah. I, with our, with yeah. our sons <laughs> as well, it, we are in the same boat. And it's, man, it's powerful stuff and you know a lot of people want to nitpick on this and that and the other thing on man of steel and that's fine whatever so what oh my god there was an ihop in the background fuck this movie I, oh my god or oh my god he threw a train into a sears did you see it was a sears fucking relax they do this in every yeah. movie i don't know why in this one it's a it's a beyond reproach uh negative but whatever it doesn't matter um yeah. But we did want to, uh, the only reason I watched that is because I wanted the full devastation of Metropolis to be emotionally in my head before I moved into the ultimate cut of Man of Steel, or, uh, Batman v Superman, because it starts off with Bruce Wayne on the ground. So, because I hadn't watched it in a couple of years, I wanted to just refresh that. Yeah. Now moving into Batman v Superman, the ultimate cut. Um, wow. Still, just a very powerful transition from one film that really moved me to the next. And while BVS in any form is not a perfect film, I still think it receives greatly unmerited hate. I just, why is it that people do not have this critical an eye on Marvel films? I I have the same problems with uh, Captain America Civil War that uh, I do with this one. And it's unfortunate you haven't seen that movie yet because we're going to dredge all of this shit up once again when you finally see Civil War. I know. I'm waiting for it to hit the dollar theater (sighs) so I can finally see it. You're going to see that third act and you're going to be like, people are bitching about Martha? This is the same damn shit. Why? Why? (laughs) And it really, it truly fucking is. There's a moment where he's Uh, like, my mom. (laughs) It's the exact same damn fucking emotion. So what's the what was the, what's the issue with with uh, BVS? Is it just because it's it's because it's, it's a DC Marvel? property? It's it's not Marvel. Uh, I, I, that's I, my I, only guess. I don't know, but for some reason, 
I can't, I don't understand it. Yeah. <laughs> I truly don't. And, and everybody right now is out there screaming, you fucking prick, blah, 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 because it made more sense because we had 10 movies to build up to, uh, Civil War with Iron Man and blah, blah, you know what? You had 10 cookie cutter mad lib fucking Marvel movies. Uh, that, yeah. cause the, uh, the... I'll tell you what, for what, for what Zack Snyder did in two movies, I am impressed because he has very quickly, in short order, set up the Justice League. Uh, and that's no small feat, I think. And I, I loved, uh, BVS, especially the director's cut. It improves on an already enjoyable movie, but now it's like, it's like, all right. Three hours that flew by. And that's really, thought, really what we need to talk about right now is uh, the the yeah. ultimate cut. What did you feel that it? It's not going to change your opinion. If you hated the theatrical, you're you're not. This isn't going to change gonna, your you're mind. You're not going to like. Yeah, yeah it, but agree. But I feel like uh, for someone like me who is DC leaning, um, and I had some issues with the theatrical cut. I feel like the ultimate cut really answered some of the problems that I had. It really smoothed out the thing. It gave it room to breathe, and I feel like that was the biggest issue. The yeah. editing felt real choppy on the theatrical cut, and obviously, on the director's cut, it did not. It felt no. smooth, and I this was not a sucker punch situation where Zack Snyder just really missed the ball, and that's what yeah. sucker punch was. It was like... No. <laughs> um, yeah, agreed. But it really just, I don't know, the ultimate cut just really kind of smoothed things out for me. And that, I mean, it was fine. There were no major shocks in there I w or revelations. I feel like the, the very best thing that happened was the security footage of Batman dropping down with them glowing eyes, grabbing a guy, and zipping right back up in the ceiling. Pure terror. Ah, that was great. That was great. Yeah, it was. That was I, I'll tell you what. Uh, ben Affleck is such a great Batman already after only one movie. I, I'm totally sold on him. I'm sold on the whole cast. I mean, I know that there was a lot of hate for Jesse Eisenberg. I think that he does fine. It's not like he's great, but I didn't mind his quirky, weird uh, Luther take. It was okay. I, it, I was, it, I was super it, glad that they, uh, put that deleted scene back in of him meeting with Stefan Wolf because that's going to be the yes. bad guy with Justice League. I mean, I mean yep. it made his quirkiness make a little more sense because it's like he's been in contact with an alien entity. It, it made his whole speech at the end of the bell has been rung. The God is dead. Yeah. It made that make more sense. It, it, he has been in contact with these foreign entities and it's, Oh, would that affect your brain? Maybe. Yeah. I, I, I didn't love his take, but I was, at worst, I suffered indifference. It wasn't, I yeah. just don't understand where people are like, boo, boo. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't, but I, it was, I, this is obviously the only version that I will watch from this point on, just like, uh, Snyder's Watchmen. This, this, this is the definitive version, I think, of BVS. Uh, and it's one that I will revisit often every, as much as any other comic book movie out there. I'll watch this one and, and love it. That end battle I think is great. The special effects are great. Uh, it's very dark in tone. And I like that. I like that they're not copying Marvel. They're doing something different. They're, they're blazing their own path. And I can't wait for Aquaman 
and Justice League and Wonder Woman looks fantastic. We've we've already got uh, Comic Con trailers from Justice League and Wonder Woman, and they both, especially Wonder Woman, that trailer is kick ass. I agree, and again, I, I really appreciate your view on it because I am DC leaning because I'm the one I'm in there buying the books every week. You not yeah. so much. You're just watching the movies, and that's great. That's that's the balance that I need for this kind of stuff. Yeah. And the with the DC stuff, maybe they're not firing on 10 out of 10 cylinders, but I would take the riskier Zack Snyder-y stuff and the chances that they're taking with David Ayer, and that looks to be a hit with Suicide yeah. Squad now. The projections oh, yeah. came in this, uh, today for $140 million. That's oh, awesome. I hope so. Um, I, I will take their riskier takes on this stuff than the Mad Libs Marvel stuff. It it, it starts yeah. to get old where it's like, oh, it's not bad. I don't want to dog on them because I really enjoy the stuff that they're doing, but at the same time it's like, this is so fill-in-the-blank shit, and I hate that so many people are like, it's amazing. Everything Marvel does is amazing. They've never made a bad film. Like, go look at how they started. Ah, oh, I mean, the start of their new cinematic universe was the Incredible Hulk, which everybody hated. Yeah, but for some reason, we're just gonna gloss over that. Anyway, we're, yeah. we're let's, but, but let's move on yeah. from this shit. We, we've we have delved into the underbelly, and we have spent our time in the mainstream, and let's get back into our <laughs> mediocre yeah. what have yous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, I would give uh, the BVS the ultimate cut. I. I Thumbs up, man. I really enjoyed it. I would, I would give it probably about a four out of five. Uh, not yeah, perfect, but, uh, it, I love what you're doing. Keep going. I love the Justice League trailer. I was most concerned with Ezra Miller as the Flash, but he looks to be knocking it out of the fucking park. Um, yeah. And uh, I also like the, uh, again, not to compare Marvel and DC, but I like the fact that the colors are muted, like the, on the Blu ray. Uh, this is a very somber looking movie versus, it looks different, and I like that. Again, I like that they're blazing their own path. We are not too. Marvel. We are we are doing our own thing, and we can coexist with other superhero movies. More superhero movies, the better. Let's keep them coming. I, I agree. Don't copy. I agree. So, I agree. I, I feel like the, but I, I do feel like the DC movies have real stakes. They're killing people by the tens of thousands. Oh, yeah. Whereas then I watch <laughs> Age of Ultron, and it's like. Literally, not one person dies in that entire movie except for Quicksilver, who is completely disposable, because Fox also has the rights to them, and they're going to use them like crazy. It's like yeah. one person in that whole movie died. Like, they dropped a city on another city. One person died. Yeah. <sighs> yep. Ambulance, the movie. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have a couple of requested reviews for you, sir. Okay. Uh, we have talked about these movies in email and in... Uh, and in uh, text messaging, and I just want you to touch on a little bit because we have talked about them on the podcast. I talked about one, you talked about uh, another in a director spotlight. So I just wanted you to touch on them a little bit here because eh, so everybody can hear what you have to say about them. And that is Terminus and Blade Runner. Okay, which one should I go first? Go Terminus, Blade Runner. I don't I, go ahead okay. and dog it to death. I don't care. I, I it. I would rather have us have a, a podcast where you completely disagree with me than one where we uh, agree all the time. That's boring. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I'll get Terminus out of the way. I watched this with my wife, 
And um, we've talked about this on the show a little bit. You talked about it on the show a little bit. Follow I wrote a review you... for the Facebook page. I didn't talk about it. Oh, I didn't okay. talk about well, it too okay. much. I I, uh, I really enjoyed this film because it was a surprise to me. Um, and yeah. I was comparing it to Knowing was one of the big ones that I compared it to. Yep. Um, this is an Australian movie. Uh, it's a, an alien type, uh, meteorite lands on earth and there's men in black and this meteorite seems to heal people. Uh, it's in the future when things are awful and we are on the brink of world war. Good setup, but I w- it was a bit to me, it was almost too heavy for for the subject matter. It was like literally the entire movie for me was just this oppressive, everything shitty that can happen is happening. And it has some sort of a mildly, okay, payoff. But I was literally depressed. By the time the movie was done, I was depressed and not in a seven, this kicks ass sort of way. I was like, damn, I need to watch something that makes me smile a little bit. Because this was, ugh, everybody was sad and, and, and vets with their legs off and, yeah, man. You didn't think it was fun when the, the goriness of him getting his leg back? That was cool. Now, that was very cool. I liked that. I want to be careful. I don't want to try and convince you that for whatever reason your opinion is wrong or something. But I, I just wanted to tell you where I come from on this. And it's yeah. more like with that knowing, uh, with Nick Cage. Where I, it's like, yeah, that movie was great. It doesn't have that oppressive muted, muted tone, color, negative feeling throughout. But at the end, it's about the world dying and creating a new world. And that's very similar to what they did at the end of this one. And it's not pretty, but it kind of was like, by the time it was done, I was like, wow, this is great. But I, I feel like your expectations were a little higher because I raved about it. And that's... Oh, they were. They uh, were. Uh, <laughs> but if you would have gone in with my point of view where it was like, this is going to be another piece of shit. Uh, HD camera, highly hipster. You know, <laughs> that's that's what I was expecting. Uh, so yeah. when I watched that, I was like, wow, not bad. Uh, good, yeah. good, not shaky cam and, you know, uh, decent. And it wasn't, it was not shaking him. I watched this like when the kids were in bed, my wife and I watched this on the big screen. So I was like, okay, here we go. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm like, this is depressing. And she's depressed. And I'm like, ah, I'm getting depressed. Yeah, and then I don't know if I said it was a life movie. I'm not, not yeah. sure if I said that. But <laughs> <laughs> seems like if I say it's a wife movie, you're like, nope. But if I say it is, isn't a wife movie, you're like, yeah, come, come on, on join, join me. Join me for this horribly <laughs> depressing piece of shit. <laughs> Anyway, no, it's fine. It's oh. totally fine. I, I, I was not like trying to <laughs> make. Having said that, though, I this was competently made and yeah. well acted. I mean, all the technical merits are fine on this. It was not cheap cop out, shaky cam, a la that the pack movie or whatever. A million other movies uh, we've watched. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but okay, let's move on to Blade Runner <laughs> real quick. Yeah, and in closing on that, I. I do check it out. I'm more forgiving of the sci-fi than you are. You're more forgiving of the horror. It's, to- it's totally I fine. It- <laughs> I was not offended yeah. by your review at all that you sent me in private. I was like, okay, that's fine. Uh, yeah. It, it would have been different if it had been like zero stars or half a star. Oh, no, 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 like, no. Something wrong there, dude, because it's... Yeah. This is okay. yeah, I even think halfway through, I'm like, this is a solid movie. But by the end, I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. That was... Okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> this was huffy puffy depressing. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. The penis chopping. Yeah. <laughs> I need, I need that to make me happy. Can we just yes. grind uh, some kind of uh, rusty blade across a cocker already so I can yeah, smile man, and let's eat some, yeah. chop it. Where's the brain chop, eating? I missed the brain eating. Turtle in half already. You, yeah. You not depressing <laughs> piece of shit. Okay. <laughs> Um, oh, so anyway, let, let's Runner. talk about Blade Runner, where uh, Ridley Scott's worst film, as you said in the, uh, as oh, I wow. as I recall you saying in the our director yeah. spotlight. I mean, this is a hangs head in shame movie here. <laughs> now, the last time I watched this movie was uh, when it was released on Blu-ray originally, and I'm pretty sure I watched this movie uh, over the ice storm that we had. Many, many, many years ago in uh, small town Holmes County, Ohio. I think that that was the last time. So thinking way back then, I was in a bad mood. Well, no shit. Everybody was in a bad mood for about three fucking weeks. Yes. Uh, Before that, it had been probably years. So I've only seen this movie, I think, a total of, counting this time, maybe Four times, that's max. Oh, Maybe. Shit. I've, I've so probably once watched on, this movie about 25 times. <laughs> once on VHS, once on DVD, once on Blu-ray, and then my most recent watch on Blu-ray. So it has been four times. This movie is a complete masterpiece. Comple- I, I completely have done a, a complete turnaround on this movie. And I've always, I think, liked it. But I have never thought of it as a true masterpiece, and it is exactly that. And we, I'm guessing we could probably spend a whole episode dissecting this movie and how important it is not just to cinema, but like future and what the heavier subject matter in this movie is. Uh, yeah, we could, but uh, yeah. it's been done to death by a million other shows because it's a masterpiece. So. Yes. We don't spend time on uh, masterpieces. We spend time on bullshit that we can warn yeah, people Yeah, Dr. Butcher and, yeah. <laughs> no, The Wave and invitate, uh, mediocre films. Let's talk about... <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't know why this movie just struck me this time as as so good that the previous times had not. But it is... it's It hasn't been dated. I, to me, it feels... I released this tomorrow in the theater and it feels relevant and timely. And the effects are phenomenal for this movie. I would not give you a hard time about changing around this, uh, opinion because what was this? 82, I think I want to say. Yeah. 82. I, I was yeah. like three, four. Uh, so uh, placing it in its time and place. I, I, how would I understand what that would mean at that age? And the first time, that being said, the first time I watched it, I was like, really? Everybody's freaking out about this? It's kind of boring. This isn't Star Wars. Yeah. And then I go back and watch it again and again and again. And then finally, one time, I watch it, and it clicks. And it's like, oh, shit. It's that pile of mashed potatoes. This means something. means something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And it, it tends to come around that Roy Beatty speech. Of, I saw attack ships on fire, and those oh. are just memories that no one will ever experience. They're just drops, teardrops in the bucket, and it's that's so good. It's that oh, that man. is that is Ghost in the Shell. That's why Ghost in the Shell is so powerful to me, and why I love that movie is because it's that Roy Beatty scene for ninety minutes, and yeah, wow. It's, it's so moving and so powerful to me. I love it. I love that. Well, 
and immediately that scene there, immediately I started thinking of, oh wow, like I my my mind started picturing images of what that may have been, and it it, it that's stupid. No, Man, it's not shit. stupid. It's uh, no, it, that's exactly the point of this thing. Um, yeah, it, I never thought of it before. I never maybe thought not, of it but you might have to reach a certain age in life to where you have uh, enough ret retrospective on your own existence that you can yeah. appreciate you know i'm talking to my kid who's 11 hey don't do this because i did this exact same yeah. thing and you're dumb stop and they're like yeah. you don't understand what it means to be me and blah 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 and they make the exact same mistakes and you have to watch them go through the same pain and you these are memories that are lost like teardrops in the rain yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like if only, but that's evolution. We have to take our our uh, training steps <laughs> along yeah. the way. This it sucks. Movie but- is fantastic. Yeah. It, it. It. I am curious where this would fall with uh, my other Ridley Scott movies because at this point it has jettisoned so far up the list. Uh, I just, I never really experienced this movie like I did this time, which is so odd for me. Uh, but. I, it clicked with me this time. It totally, totally clicked with well, me. Well, it it and has to be that time. It's hard to explain, yeah. but it's sort of like you can watch this movie a dozen times, but until you're ready or you watch it that certain way where you're really – it's all clicking, then you can't quite appreciate yeah. it. And it's so weird because this was such a disaster of a production if you watch the behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. There's there's behind the scenes shit on the uh, – at least the DVD suitcase that I have. Maybe the Blu-ray. I haven't looked into it. Uh, of the production and every single person is like, this was a disaster. This was a gigantic mess the whole way through. Um, but for, wow. for some reason, what in the eighties, that's just the way it was. That made the best movies for some reason. <laughs> they were all gigantic, beautiful, perfect accidents. And uh, that's crazy. The, crazy. The biggest problem with this movie though, I still can't ever give it a perfect score because the biggest problem is that there it really is no, truly definitive cut it's it's like i wish i had a little bit more of this from that cut and this from that cut and Mm -hmm. this from because there's four different cuts and unicorns at the end and i voiceover no voiceover you know i could do without the voiceover i get it but a smidgen of it wouldn't be bad uh it just the the studio demanded some and then they were like okay voiceover the entire movie i don't need that much voiceover just a line here or there would be okay, though, but eh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I my first experience with this movie, this was back when I was six, uh, eight years old, and it was coming out in theaters, and a trailer came on on network television. I'm like, oh, this looks – my my silly little eight-year-old mind was like, I have to see this movie. I remember exactly where I was when I saw this trailer. Like my mom and dad's, I remember it vividly. And my dad had just got back from a business trip, and he's like, "Oh, I watched that movie while I was uh while I was out, whatever." He's like, "It sucked." I'm like, you you went to see that movie in the theater, <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't good, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't believe you. That wasn't good. I believed him that he saw yeah. the movie, but he actually, my dad actually went to the theater and watched Blade. Oh, Runner. so did my so, so did like my he, parents. They 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 saw 2001 in the theater when it came out. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. It was a movie. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was like that. Ah, it's just a thing to do that weekend. Uh. 
Hey, we were lucky. We were at least on the cusp of watching movies in the theater being a big deal. Our kids will never understand yeah. that. They're like, whatever, I can watch it at, you know, at home on Crackle next weekend I know. or whatever. Exactly, yeah. We were, like, our parents, they they kind of started the trend and then we ran with it. Do you want to keep going or do you want to wrap up? What do you want to do? No, no, let's keep right on okay. going on this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, I guess I should... Get Black Mass. Why don't you do one? Maybe you, you do one more and I'll do one more. Okay. Black Mass. Let's wrap up uh, my side with that. Uh, with Johnny Depp uh, playing James J. Bulger, the um, Boston Mafia guy, whatever you want to call him. <clears throat> I teased that last episode. You know, I, I maybe I'm wrong, but I seem to recall this movie not getting that great of reviews. And I got to say, I quite enjoyed it. I think you would, too. I don't think oh, really? I, I don't think it quite reached the fantastical Hollywoodized uh, depths that like The Departed did with James Nicholson, where he was kind of playing that role on top of a uh, remake of Infernal Affairs. Uh, it was more serious take on on that character, but Johnny Depp with I mean his makeup is so messed up, and it, he was truly terrifying, and he was not like. Waka waka. I mean, maybe for the first kind of third of it, you're like, okay, Johnny Depp's just being goofy again. But no, he was really scary throughout the entire thing, and it was very interesting. I, I quite enjoyed this film, and I'm I'm looking forward to watching the documentary about uh, Bulger that's on Netflix. I haven't got around to it yet, but I want to watch that thing. And this, if nothing else, is uh, maybe want to bump it up. And I think you should give cool. Black Mass a chance when when you can. Okay. Uh, nice. Okay, that's it. One, uh, not much okay. else to say about that movie. I was it. Uh, what, it didn't do that good in the theaters, did it? I don't think it did. I could be wrong on that. Okay, because I know that, that Depp is kind of in a slump right now, and which is unfortunate. Uh, but that was supposed to be his big Oscar draw type movie. Really, I. Nah, I wouldn't go Oscar draw, but he just plays a mean bastard, and he does it so well. He really vanishes inside that character. No, good. And it it works very well for me. It's a very kind of, uh, how do I put it, Uh, based on a true story kind of movie, but with exquisite acting. He does great. Okay. That's it. Okay. Okay, um... One more from you, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. Um, so I recently watched London Has Fallen. I bought it on Blu-ray. <laughs> yes! And, uh, yes. yep. Exactly. There's my review. Yes! Because <laughs> it kicked ass. Uh, it was everything that you said, and then some. I Huge shit-eating grin the entire runtime of that movie. Literally. Like, like this is... And this is coming from a pretty liberal guy. This is... Just ass-kicking, killing, murder, explosions. Fairly objectionable shit throughout. Oh, yeah, very much so. But it's, like you said, it's a thing. And and (laughs) they deal with it in this movie. And it worked. Man, please keep this series going, at least for one more. Because this is like 80s, hardcore, R-rated action. That's That's what these movies remind me of. Of... We don't care. It's on PC. We're just, here's a terrorist attack or whatever, and we're going to murder everybody. <laughs> and explosions and Morgan Freeman. And what, what's really funny is that as much as 
your dad and my dad would wholly object to the use of violence and the F-word in most movies, I think both of them would just sit there watching these two movies handing the bowl of popcorn back and forth yeah, like, and just <laughs> just laughing and grinning and yeah all the way through. <laughs> yep. Oh, this movie is crazy. I, I think that this one here goes even more off the rails than the first one did. It, it's just one action set piece after the and it, and they're so beautifully done. And there's actually a couple of really well played out emotional scenes in the movie of a fairly standard issue plot of here's terrorists, here's an attack, here's the good guys killing the bad guys, there you go. I'm glad you said that because, again, I didn't even uh, tell you that going in because I didn't want to uh, direct your attention to it. Yeah. And so, like, the helicopter scene. Oh, man, that was great. Almost tearing up. Uh, On such a dumb movie, that's kind of saying something. Almost Angela Bassett. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. I was like, damn, that's emotional. I'm getting me emotional for a movie where a guy's like, Fuck me, fuck you! What's funny is that oh, that was a completely <laughs> stay here in the closet, sir. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to go uh, take care of these guys and do this and this and this, and mm-hmm. uh, don't open the door for anybody. And well, what if you don't come back? Well, sir, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> for as much <sighs> as as this movie is. Kind of standard issue, just here it is, a violent action movie. I enjoyed this so much more than the latest Jason Bourne movie, I, which was good, but, and I, uh, I'll save that for another review either on my own show or, or uh, our next episode, but for my action kicks, London has fallen, big thumbs up. Can't wait to watch it again. That was a great time. Cool. I am glad to hear it. I'm thrilled to hear it actually. And I, I yeah. think, I actually prefer per, per, uh, Okay, he's turning into a pumpkin now. Yeah. I think I actually preferred it to the to Olympus. I, I and I, I really enjoyed that one, but uh, I, I kind of enjoyed this one too, yeah. even with its very non politically correct uh, strain running through yeah. it. I was sort of like, you know what? Eh, screw them. I'll tell you the the uh, where, when things when shit gets real. Over in London and, and the terrorist attack begins. That was, that was so good and so well staged and just one horrible thing after the other, after the other, after the other. And I'm like, I mean, what, what the hell is going to happen next? And they keep going for it. And I'm like, okay, now it's done. Oh, now it's the helicopter scene. And it's just, they keep going and going and going and never bored, never bored in that movie. Big thumbs up. Fantastic. I'm yeah. glad we agree on that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, let's let's wrap this shit up because uh, it, <laughs> it's my turn for Pumpkinhead, but uh, it's Monday. I'm tired. Yeah. I got a million things to do tomorrow. Okay. Uh, do you want to do a tease? Yes. Um, you can if you want. I've, I've got a stack of shit. There's my tease. Okay, okay. over uh, to you. I've, coming up soon on uh, Underbelly and probably a little bit on this show is my full review of... Dr. Butcher, MD. Yeah. So complete with barf bag included in the Blu-ray. I'm being serious. Um, I know, and, and that's cool. I yeah, hope, I, hope, I literally hope you barf in it. I do too. I I truly do. Um, and I didn't get to my review of a found footage movie called Afflicted, and I 
because I didn't, I'm really hoping that you can watch that so that we can both uh, give our reviews on that movie because that movie is to me uh, a gem in the rough. And I, but I want to hear your thoughts on that movie. I will try and get that watched this week so that we can both chime in next okay, episode. So, sounds good. But that's it. Uh, okay, let's wrap it up. Movie Freaks Pod is your keyword at yahoo.com for mail, facebook.com for our main page where we are sharing reviews uh, several times a week, and at the Twitter at Movie Freaks Pod. Please come visit us. We are on iTunes, Feedburner, Stitcher, Deezer. We're all over the place. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode. I'm Eric Marner. And I'm Lee Weaver. And I'll see you next time. Bye. See ya. Thanks for listening.